Hey everybody and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh and today I'm talking about A Magic Steeped in Poison by Judy I. Lynn. So let's brew the magic of books. Now this was a really fun and great first book for an author. Uh, this is Judy Lynn's first. I think she did an amazing job. It definitely is a YA book, but I think for being a YA book, it's a really good YA book. It has some tropes, of course, that it's going to follow, and you can kind of predict certain things, but I think the way they are done is well done, and I really like that about it. I I've just, I always really like the whole tea pouring kind of a thing, just as like a common meditative thing and now with the magic being thrown into it i just i think that's just so fun and so cool and i like that and the cover for a magic steeped in poison is amazing it is so colorful and evocative and the way the words are almost hidden sometimes i really think that the cover is a huge bonus for this book so i really liked it and it was tough to put down i I got a an advanced reader copy and i read it and once I got, I think after I got to, through the first chapter, it was really, I just didn't want to put it down. Now, not to say that the first chapter was bad or that it could be spiced up more. Um, I just was doing other things when I was reading the first chapter. And then after that, I could dedicate more time to it. So I, I did. Now, another thing I really like that's just kind of in a general non-spoilery thing is that I love the way that he, that she works all of these sayings into the story. They were, they were great and well done. So I like that. Now. Let's talk about, we're going to get into the spoilers here. I know it's two minutes in and we're already talking about spoilers, but there's just so much to talk about. So I think we're just going to get right into it and go forward. So let's talk first about the plot of the story. Now, like I said, this book is going to follow kind of your classic YA tropes, which means that it does follow uh, a YA tournament style trope. But obviously this one's a little different because it is not a tournament of prowess. Uh, well, it is a tournament of prowess, but it's more a tournament of, of tea pouring and making tea and being the Shenong Tu, which I love the way she was able to work all these like words that sound. I don't know if it's a real word, a Shenong Tu. It sounds like it is, but I, I don't know. But I love that she was able to work them in and they feel real. And she was able to work them in in a way that never made me feel like I was dumb. You know, there are a couple times where she she uses the Chinese words, it feels like, and then I don't know if that's what it is or not, but, uh, or maybe not Chinese, maybe Taiwanese, because that's where she's from. But either way, I didn't know what they were, and then kind of explains it a little bit. So I like that. Now, the uh, tournament obviously is about being the new Shenang, Shenang Tu and being the one to the Empress or the Emperor and, and the Empress, the Princess Empress. And it was really interesting that they, they start with like 50 or 60 people. And then the next one is down to 16 and then eight and then three. Just I was really surprised at how fast she was able to cut down the number of participants and the way that the trials and the test worked for, you know, thinning down the numbers. Now, one thing, I was I was ready to be mad about one thing. Well, there's two things I'm still mad about in the testing. But one of the things is that I really hate it when a tournament is like, this is a tournament for sword fighting. And, you know, you guys are just so good, but we have an extra person. And we didn't really think we'd have an extra person. So I'm going to, you know, here's another test. Whoever can climb up to the top of the tail the fastest and back down is the winner. It's like, well, that has nothing to do with sword fighting. Like, I mean, kind of endurance, but like, realistically, you're competing to be the best swordsman, not the best 
run up a hill and, and come back down, right? And so I, I dislike it when they're, the tests are completely unrelated. And in the beginning, one of these tests seems like it's going to be unrelated, but then Judy then brings it back and says, no, this is how it is related. And like a true Shenang to Shenang Shi can, you know, our main character Ning can like sense plants and kind of talk to them and convert, like not talk with them because that's weird, but like, yeah, that's not weird, but it's, that's not what it is. So she's able to communicate with the lilies and be like, oh, they brought something and this is what it is. And they found it. And so that part was really fun and really cool. I like that. It was a good twist. And I was like, ah, oh, I was ready to hate that. And then I loved it. So meanwhile, uh, back to the plot. Uh, at the same time that this competition is going on, we learn that there are assassins trying to assassinate the princess and that the emperor has died and that they need to bring in the new the empress is uh, the princess is going to become the empress so it's just a lot of turmoil and and you can kind of see where this is going already right um, but I thought it worked really well they're able to contrast the ascension of the princess to be empress while also keeping the trial on track now okay actually there's two things uh, other things that I disliked about the tournament but this is more because of how invested I was in the tournament in the book that I got so kind of worked up about it the the dumb judge I don't remember which one it was off the top of my head who interrupts her in the during the first test because she's reading some poetry while she does it like can you see with your eyes does it look like she's about to be done and pour the tea and then you can question her or does it look like she's actually trying to stir up unrest? Is she like talking to the people that you think she's trying to stir up? Or is she talking to the judges who she's not? You know, she's just reading a poem. Like, don't you understand how a competition works? You do not get to interrupt and cause the test to fail. Like, oh, he should be thrown in a pit forever and die. Except he would not be, he turns out to not be that bad at the end. Well, he was bad because of nepotism and favoritism and such with that, trying to cheat. But on the whole, he was not bad and not part of the rebellion. So I guess he gets a pass there. Now, the other thing I disliked, or I thought was this odd, was like in the one of the final tests, they are all creating a tea brew to help the the, the champion defeat the the monks, the guardians of the sacred gods. There's just people who are very skilled, right? And they use the same person for every challenge, one, two, three. And it's like, well, this is a little unfair. Like whoever's first obviously has to like, he, he gets the first clean guy, you know, no untainted. And then the second one goes and he gets the benefit of that, of the previous guy. And the third one gets the benefit. And yes, your character's a little bit more tired, but when you're dealing with magic and enhancement, I don't think that's much of a thing. I thought it would be better with three different people, but uh, the way it worked was really good. And I did like it. Okay. And then just, I keep going on about this, but I, the one more thing is during the first tournament, the first arc, the first tournament trial, one of the competitors is doing his presentation and he's pouring his tea and he washes the, he's washing his teapots and it's, they, they give names for all of these steps basically. And I love that. Just like, it was, I'll give you some of them. Dragon shakes off the morning dew after sleeping. Dragon encircles his royal residence. I love this kind of stuff. Uh, like, same as with like sword forms where it's like eagle rushes down the mountain or the boar stops a cliff or something. I don't know what they are, but whoever makes those up and puts them in books for like the forms or the, the movements that you're going to be making, I love those. I think they're so evocative and they work so well for me. I love them. So I've now back to the plot, the exiled prince, the banished prince, uh, the, the princess's uncle does come back. He is making a 
play to take over the city. So she does escape with our main character, Ning, and they depart the city. Now, let's get into a little bit of... uh, Okay, let's just stick right there at the end of the book where we're at. I thought it was so cool that her sister, who they'd both been trained a little bit at Shenong Shu or Shenong Tu, and then her she had to Ning, our main character, had to go be work with her dad to be a doctor because her sister couldn't handle the blood, even though Ning has more of a talent for it. And the sister continuously working on her on the antidote while she's because she's poisoned and sick with something. And I love that she transcribes her antidote efforts into stitching and then sends it to her because her dad would realize it any other way. Like that was just cool. Like, oh, I see like you stitched kind of like how you did, like what ingredients you were using and how it worked. And then, you know, she goes home and saves her sister. And that was awesome. And then the book cuts off and ends there. But since the second book, which I think this is just going to be a duology, has a uh, a release date of August 23rd. I am not quite so worried about it. Like, it just didn't bother me that it cut off so well because we have a firm date and everything, and so I liked, I liked that. Now, I think that some of the writing in here was very good. She used all five senses when she is engaging you in a new scene to really bring you into it. And I especially loved how much like the sense of smell and the sense of taste went into it because you don't generally get a ton of kind of taste senses when you're reading books because it's hard to do. But with this being you know focused so heavily on teas, I think I feel like she was able to really put forth that scent and the taste senses into the book and then it really comes out with you and some of the scenes where she's describing the backgrounds or the walls is just like ooh, it's very evocative and really good so i like that a lot now Ning is our good main character and we really feel like i really you really see all of into her and she acts just i mean she i don't know if she acts 100 percent like a teen would act but for the most part she does and she has this great character and i really did feel like the characters acted appropriate to their ages for the most part you know 90 percent of the time very little of teenagers acting like they're way older and i like that she was able to kind of call out a little bit almost hanging a lampshade on it that like yes the reason why the the princess is using you two the you know these two girls instead of any of her other trusted advisors is because of x y and i felt like it worked more than it has in other stories that i've read so i thought she pulled that off really well now back to characters some of them can sometimes feel a little flat sometimes her friend Leanne felt a little flat because we don't spend as much time with her but we do get that sense that she is more than just what she presents herself and so that worked really well i also liked the character of Bo, otherwise known as king the son of the banished prince uh, i thought his character was very good and i really loved the interactions between king and ning and their relationship, how they feel drawn to each other, and then they, they push away, of course. Because it's a YA book, that's what's going to happen. You have to just you know expect what you're going to expect and see how it plays out. And I thought it was so far, it was good. It was not 100% uh, just manufactured directly for it, but you could see and really understand, like, yes, this is why she's doing this, because... You know, this is why they're pushing apart from each other, because they're both headstrong and think this is right and this is what they're doing. There was one part where I was like, Ning, you're such a ding-dong. Like, what are you thinking? Just because one person told you that this is the way it is, and he's done absolutely nothing, nothing to, like, make you think otherwise. You cannot just believe this other person that has... That says they have all the truth in the whole world about this character. When, like, clearly you know that's not the case. Like, you've been with him. You thought about it. Like, he didn't just want to go 
straight up and murder everybody. He was like, no, I want to be here for peace, and I want them to stand with us. And then she's like, well, this one counselor said it was bad, which I would like to point out, I did figure out that it was Counselor Zhao who was the traitor. I felt proud of myself for figuring that out. I did not figure out anything else that was going to happen in the book until the very end, right before it happened, of course. But I did kind of see him being the, or see Counselor Zhao being the, the baddie here, the traitor. And I did like that she ended up going home. But I do have some predictions for what will happen. I think that her uh, mayor, city leader, is working with the rebels. And that, well, I think it's pretty much confirmed that he is working with the rebels. Because we know that the poison is most likely actually coming from her hometown province. And not the Luzhou province where all the criminals are sent and condemned to work in the salt mines. So I think that's, I'm excited for that. I'm really excited for Ning and Kang to hopefully get together in the second book. Uh, that would be ideal and pretty awesome for me. But I think that's going to wrap up everything I have to say about A Magic Steeped in Poison. So good. I recommend it. Everybody go read it. Thanks for listening, and thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to libromancypod at gmail.com. And remember, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. That really helps out. And remember to brew the magic of books. 